Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in-the-weeds expertise with today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guest by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. We help B2B companies launch revenue-generating podcasts. We schedule interviews between you and your ideal prospects and strategic partners. You show up for engaging conversations. We handle everything else. Ready to build a podcast that grows your business in just one hour per week? Reach out to us at contentallies.com. Hey, leaders. Welcome back. This is Ledge. Thanks for being here again. I've got Avi Bakhtani with us today. Avi, I always uh, throw it back at the guests. Do do your extra special intro of you and your hey, company. David, thank you. Uh, thank you to you and your viewers for having me. Uh, uh, as you said, my name is Avi Bakhtani. I'm the chief marketing officer at uh, Digitate. Um, been around the block for a while, you know, been uh, in the industry for a while, you know, primarily focused on managing uh, product portfolios uh, in, in enterprise solutions, primarily around automation, AI, and, and cloud organizations, right? And, and uh, you know, focused on driving intelligent automation and intelligence to solving real-world problems, right? And uh, that's always been my primary preface, you know, be with companies that are solving real-world problems, uh, helping B2B enterprises through the digital transformation journey. Uh, and uh, that's primarily been my focus in the last decade or so. Um, right now, the focus is all on Digitate. Uh, you know, we are uh, one of the leading providers uh, of SaaS based, uh, you know, an intelligent automation platform that is helping uh, global Fortune 500 companies harness the power of AI and automation, you know, as they scale to start meeting their own demands and the demands of their own customers uh, and, and, you know, to manage the workload of their business, right? Um, our flagship product, Igneo, is an award winning AI ops uh, platform. Uh, that has started to reimagine the way, you know, enterprise IT and business functions work, right? And, uh, you know, we have a very intelligent value proposition around uh, a closed loop, one-of-a-kind solution that combines, you know, context, uh, intelligence, insights, and intelligent automation to not only predict uh, issues, but proactively uh, fix them as they happen in real time. This is, you know, starting to becoming a become a very interesting uh, differentiator in the market. Uh, we started off uh, about seven years ago, and uh, you know what we have done since then is obviously uh, you know grown significantly in the enterprise space. Uh, we have some very very marquee customers uh, that, that uh, you know that have joined forces with us, uh, and what we are starting to do, and what you know what we have done since the onset is to leverage. AI and machine learning, uh, you know, to to change the paradigm of how we think about, you know, IT operations, right? You know, and we've we've gone in the direction of making it more productive, predictive, and proactive, so enterprises can now focus from purely being a very manual sort of hands-on uh, problem finding and solving organization to transitioning themselves into an autonomous enterprise organization uh, that can guarantee. Um, business resiliency, agility, and the best customer experience, like I said, for themselves and for their customers. So it's all, you know, I think intelligent automation, you know, it's sort of like automation is this thing, right? Everybody wants to do it, but it's like, it's not actually automated, you know, in the way that like we were forced with the limitation of words to sort of go, oh yeah, we're going to, you know, kind of let the robots run everything. And, and we know that's not, true there. So you, you know, you, you also get in the position of kind of going, how do I make, you know, in this case, the IT ops folks like super powered, 
you know, with, with the yeah, technology. Yeah, no, so you're spot on there. Like, see, I can, I can tell you a little bit about, uh, you know, intelligent automation, the practicality of intelligent automation, because I've spent time in this industry, right? My, you know, I've done this for over six or seven years, just focused on this side of the, of the, uh, of the equation. But no, you're right. See, I think automation is a, is a, uh, is a very encompassing word, right? I mean, people talk about it at, from different facets. Sometimes, like you said, it becomes like a marketing buzzword and people are like, yeah, we need to talk about intelligent automation because everybody wants to talk about intelligent automation. But see, there is a, there's a difference, right? When we look at Digitate, uh, when we look at the way we think about the market and our products, right? We think about automation first, right? And that's a little bit, a little bit different in terms of, uh, we're not just saying automation as a bolt-on to, okay, you've done a bunch of things. Here was a bunch of manual stuff we did. Now we convert all of that into automation. When you have that kind of approach, you know, digital transformation for enterprises becomes more like a bolt-on, right? And then they're like, okay, let's here's a bunch of stuff. Let's go and automate that. I think that's a very sort of old way of thinking, right? See, today, when we look at enterprises, the view is digital first, right? And when you have a digital first mindset, automation becomes the key. And it's not just saying, okay, you know, I've done a bunch of stuff. It's sitting somewhere in the bunker. Let's go pull it out and I'll start automating it, right? It is done for different purposes, right? Automation, when it's done from purely an ROI and an employee productivity purpose is a very different function When it, versus when it starts to become front and center as the tool you need to sort of transform and drive digital transformation, right? And I think if we can drive that difference, uh, you, you'll see that, the, the, that, that it has a very different play. And see, the other thing where it gets very interesting is the, the automation to solve real-world problems has its own practicality, right? It has its limitations, so does AI and machine learning and those kind of technologies. But if you use it for the right way and focus it, narrow focus it on a particular problem you're just trying to solve in a use case, I think you'll see the benefits of it um, you know, in multiple facets of the organization, both on the IT side in terms of productivity and on the business side in terms of continuity and a business assurance. Right, right. It reminds me of sort of asking yourself, and I imagine you do this from a, a transformation standpoint, what would we have done if if there was no legacy, you know, and, and starting from, you know, essentially from zero, at least, at least ideating from zero of like, if I started today, how would I build this thing with what I have available, not with yesterday's tools? Yeah. And you're spot on. See, I think this, that's where this digital first economy is now starting to take shape and it's starting to become a very interesting facet in which organizations are evolving, right? See, some of these traditional, uh, you know, legacy organizations, if you may, they probably didn't have the luxury of thinking digital first, right? And, and you, you're seeing this everywhere, by the way. I mean, you look at, you know, you know, even clients of us that, that have, you know, that, that don't have their roots in sort of, you know, very legacy traditional uh, industries, whether you look at accounts payable, accounts receivable, we look at finance, we look at insurance. Today, you know, there are claims that people make out there that saying that, okay, you know, if I have to do, uh, you know, like, you know, companies that are coming in and saying, you know, we're digital first, which means you don't even have to file, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, your insurance claim, right? In a matter of minutes and clicks, this is just automatically happen, automatically get processed and, you know, things will, uh, you know, just happen, right? You know, emails will be done, you know, you have that, you foundationally what is happening, there is a, there's a shift, right? And I think we are starting to see that across the board, uh, you know, in, in all facets, you know, of, of the customers that we are dealing with. Right. So traditional enterprises are using uh, this automation, you know, for some of the legacy, uh, you know, operations that they were doing. But they're also starting to shift everything to this automation first, digital first economy mindset. And, and, it, and it's, it's really starting to take shape, uh, David, to be quite honest. 
So tell some, tell some stories. I mean, obviously you can't, you know, give actual, uh, client stuff away. You know, we wouldn't ask you to do that, but you know, I, I, I am so interested in the, the real world things that happen, you know, in this space, because like you said, it gets so lost into AI automation, digital transformation. It's, it's like what actually is happening, you know, in a big org or, or medium sized org there. Yeah. No, actually, you know, we, um, uh, you know, in talking talking about customer stories is, is is you know is absolutely fine. I mean, we have them published on our website. I mean, if you know folks want to go and and you know and look at digital transformation mega projects, right? You know, like you know, for example, the Walgreens Boots Alliance is a customer of ours. We have, you know, we have uh, their story published on our website, um, and you know, and, and many more, right? But but you know, what you start seeing is 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 very very interesting, right? See, I think for the longest time, when you when you purely looked at IT operations, right? They will look from a perspective of saying, okay, you know, how do we keep the lights on, right? Things should sort of happen and, and you know, it's, it's almost sort of par for the course. As long as nothing breaks, you know, things are fine and, 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 and things will move on. When we, you know, look back and especially the last two, two and a half years when, you know, we had all this work from home stuff that happened because of COVID was a real classic example of everything shift, right? shifted, right? We talk about IT operations. We talked about intelligent automation. We talked about all of these things and you could almost see like an, like the almost the perfect augmentation of all of these things coming together, right? And and you've seen organizations evolve, right? And one of the things that I personally noticed, right? And this is, you know, in, we see it in our customers, but even my personal observation, you know, just being in this business for, you know, quite a few years is that no longer does do businesses look at IT as, as sort of like, a, you know, hey, we'll come up with a bunch of ideas and we'll go have IT implemented, right? Now, I think there is this perfect, you know, the union of businesses going to IT and saying, how do we make sure that, um, you know, a process or, a, you know, and, and, you know, and, and you know, and uh, a business function in terms of its continuity can rely on IT to build the right, you know, the bells and whistles so they can ensure that everything that they promise to their customers can be delivered, right? And this is across the board. And, and you know, and, and this makes it very interesting for someone like us, right? See, very different from a lot of the way our competitors do some of these things, right? When we look at, um, you know, traditionally, when you look at IT operations, it was like saying, oh, you know, let's make, create a landscape of IT and somewhere, somewhere a server will go down. You know, we will, you know, we'll let, you know, someone in the IT department know and they'll, you know, they'll do a bunch of, you know, stuff and it'll get fixed, right? So it was very looking at IT from an infrastructure perspective, right? That paradigm has shifted big time because, you know, you know, when, when we started looking at our own market and our own vantage point, we realized that infrastructure is one piece of it. But then you have all these hundreds and thousands of applications that are running across, you know, this horizontal stack that sit on top of the infrastructure and do their own stuff, right? Sort of that was the next evolution where you can say, can I go and identify a problem with an application and, you know, and, and highlight this in a way, in a fashion that the, the resolutions can be faster. As we started getting deeper, then we started realizing, well, th there is one more facet to it. And the facet is not just about making sure the applications are running and you know your, your infrastructure is fine, but what happens at a transaction by transaction level? Now think about a store, right? You know, you walk into a store and you say, here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to buy something, I'm going to check it out. And as soon as you reach your counter, you realize, hey. This there is no price, and you know this is a use case that we call not on file. There's no price existing for this thing, and then starts the whole you know conversations about okay, somebody has to go look for a price, and businesses are losing money on this, right? When you look at when you look at um, um, uh, you know when we look at point of sale devices, 
transactions are sometimes getting stuck. You don't know. You, you're looking at an, you know, landscape of an IT infrastructure and application infrastructure, and you're like, everything is fine. But what happens at a transaction by transaction level, you know, you know, uh, you know, a credit card not going through or something else happening at a very, you know, uh, minute sort of, at a, at a, you know, at a, at a, at a microscopic level, that's where our value proposition started really take shape. Where we said, you know what, we can not only give you a view of what is happening with your infrastructure and applications, we can even give you a transaction level view and we can package all of this stuff in a way that, that, you can not only find and resolve issues faster, but what we could do is because we have the intelligence, and this is where our first conversation start, is there real-world practicality of intelligent automation? And the answer is yes. Because if we have seen this kind of pattern at an infrastructure level, at an application level, at a transaction level, we can not only predict it, you know, using all the AI models of anomaly detection and what have you, we can actually predict it ahead of time you know, sometimes even two to six hours ahead of time, we can tell the folks that look, problems are going to happen. Your business is going to suffer. There is going to be a you know a lack of response, so uh, so on and so forth. And because our platform is a closed loop platform, we actually have the ability, if they allow us, to proactively fix some of these issues real time as we go. Right. So that's where I think this is starting to get very very intelligent, uh, very very interesting. This augmentation of using intelligent automation and the facets of intelligent automation, especially on AI and machine learning, closed loop technologies, to make sure that not only do you find the problems at the most granular level, but also fix them, you know, proactively and as fast as you can, right? So the business continuity and assurance uh, is guaranteed. That transaction level thing is really interesting, as I think that's applicable to any any business. It's like you can look at the the bigger view of a system, any system, and you can say it's up, it's working, status is coming back green, but but on the ground or at, at the front level of that thing, that's true. It's it's sort of working, but it's doing it wrong, <laughs> and, and you know, like you would you would get that signal only at the instance of you know, it's sort of like your credit card example, like we rejected a credit card, a credit card got rejected. Everything in the rejection pattern is a green. It's good. Yay. We handled it correctly, but it's still a bad thing for the business. And how could we have fixed that? And I think that lesson is, is really interesting. Yeah, no, I think see the definition of when you talk about a health of, uh, you know, when I, when I, I generally don't like using the word health of IT. I want to say health of the business, right? Because I think they're they're for me, they're one of the same, right? To some extent, but it was always, you know, health was always defined as, you know, do I have a bunch of devices that are working, right? You know, it was at a very um, infrastructure-centric world. And we do that, right? We actually have technologies that we monitor the health of the business, right? We have a solution. And this is how the augmentation of some of these solutions come in. We have a solution which we call business health monitoring. And it primarily can basically wake up every day and give you a real-world view of everything that's happening all the way to the granular level. And that's interesting, you know, in itself, a very important use case that, you know, can I make sure that everything at every point of time is running and running smoothly? But then how do we get deeper into this whole situation where we can say, okay, at a transaction level, at a monitoring level, you know, things are also fine so that the end user customer experience, right, can have its own benefits and they don't suffer, right? And it it reflects badly on the business, it reflects badly on IT and reflects badly on an enterprise or corporation as well, right? You must have a really interesting view into marketing because you started on the technical level and then you kind of came up through product and then you like 
you know, is it like, is it evil? Do, do, do you're like, you know, engineering buddies like from back in the day, they're all like, dude, you became a marketer. Yeah, like, you sold out. <laughs> um, no, I think, look, that's been my, um, you know, it's a, it's the, you know, at a foundational level, um, when we look at, um, um, when, you know, when I look at my own career and my own path, right, it's always been very interesting, right? It's a, uh, um, it's, uh, I have, um, you were, as you rightly said, right. You know, I've, I've been a very hands-on software developer myself, right. And you came from the world of very early on when everything was moving to the cloud, right. You know, I was part of a very small startup that, uh, you know, you know, that was building, um, uh, you know, proprietary software, uh, you know, for one of these, you know, top four cloud operators, uh, I won't tell you who specifically, um, you know, and, and you know, and, and uh, you know, they basically, you know, that that advent started, you know, very early on. But I'll tell you, I'll, my, um, you know, the, the the reason for me, the transition has been always interesting is, right, you know, even from the world, from the days of creating, you know, this, this you know, the software and, and, you know, cloud software or what have you. My 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 focus has always been on the on the end result or the consumption and these personas. Right. It's like, what problem are we solving? I think you know if you if you have that focus um, um, and, and and you know the the transition you know whether you call it from you know software to product to marketing it becomes a little more interesting now all of these come with their own sort of set of challenges uh, you know do do I have buddies who are always like you crossed over or what have you I don't know but more importantly I think they're like you almost feel like you can have a conversation at a very very different level right you can have a conversation about the reality of where the market is and the importance of getting ahead of it. Right. See, sometimes and a lot of times the the you know, what marketeers do is provide the kind of intelligence that in, inside organizations don't have the time or the bandwidth to go and explore. Right. You know, we look at we look at uh, the augment or the advent of technology from a very different vantage point. We look at it from the vantage point of a customer. We're not building things just because for the sake of building things. Right. And I'm not saying technologies do that but a lot of the time we get mired into that right when we're technologies we're thinking about how great can this thing be marketeers think about you know how perfect is going to be as you know for the consumers of this right and and i think it's a very happy medium i, I you know and it it, it 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 changes your perspective but it's also a fantastic foundation to build on top of right yeah absolutely i i was a i was a coder dev back I don't know, many moons ago now when I had hair. And uh, I also found, and I ended up in the sales seat, which is even even more of a sort of people like, wow, like you're really, you're really the bad dog now. But, uh, you know, I, I think that it came from that disposition of why are we building this thing? Like, I want to talk to the customer. Like, this just doesn't make sense. Like, we're following this spec, but who's going to use this and what are they going to do with it? And this like this burning desire as, you know, a founder and startup guy. And then, you know, ultimately just time to say, I'm, I've got to talk to the end person. I want to know why this thing exists. And are we making decisions without asking them? We're probably going to screw it up. <laughs> no, you're spot on. I think, see, the, um, uh, the, see, as the technology has evolved, right. I think you'll start to see how the landscape of, you know, the, um, of 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 the consumers also has evolved, right? See, today we live, like I said, even we live in a digital force where not only from the consumer's perspective, right? But even when they come to understand, you know, their own ability to what they can buy and consume, they're very very savvy customers, right? I mean, you know, you know, by the time, and as a marketeer, you you realize that by the time they are having a conversation with you, they probably know as much or if not more about what 
products are out there, what's in the market, you know, you know where you are, where do you rank, stand, you know, all of that kind of. So that research is done right through all the digital channels, right, all the conversations that are having. So it makes it very, very interesting, right? You know, it's a it's a very intelligent customer base today, uh, which is coming with a well prepared, uh, you know, um, you know, set of information. And so, what your role, uh, you know, is you know, thinking about a marketer is like, how can I make this relevant to them? Right? They already know a lot about this industry. Some of these guys have been. They will start the conversation by saying, "I've been in this industry for forty years." What they're trying to tell you is. What else are you going to tell me that I haven't learned in 40 years, right? So it's a very, very, you know, you're, not, you're walking on thin ice, right? What you're trying to tell them is, is not that everything that you have done is legacy or is there is a, you know, you know, there is a, you know, it wasn't the right thing to do at the right point of time. What you're trying to do is, you know, let's find a way, you know, to apply, you know, a new paradigm of these technologies, right? And you can call them whatever you want. You can call them AI, machine learning, intelligent automation, what have you, it really doesn't matter. But it solves a certain problem that could be a problem of the now and the future, right? And when you start looking at it from that lens, you know, it, it, it starts, it's, the conversations start becoming very meaningful, right? Whether that conversation is a one-on-one -on -one conversation that you equip the sales team with, you know, through enablement or what have you, or the conversations that you're having through, you know, through mediums like these, like, you know, you and I having a conversation or people coming to our website or reading our blogs and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's a, it's a very interesting evolution of, both the personas, right, and the way they're consuming information, right? You know, it's it's and all of us are like that. We're all guilty of that, right? You know, we we if we don't find something interesting, we switch off, right? Why do we expect our customers to be any different, right? And if you can't give them relevant information in that very pertinent, minute, you know, uh, time frame that you have with them to catch their attention, we'll lost the plot, right? So the pressure's on us, right, to do this in a in a way that is engaging, engrossing, relevant and differentiated. And that's what I think, um, you know, uh, is sort of the next set of challenges, especially, in, you know, on our side of the field, right? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I think it's probably a very good thing for for you to have been in the, the ITC and the, the dev seat because, I mean, the only thing worse than selling to IT is marketing to IT. You know, they, they are just... They're just BS resistant. You know, I, it's almost just like, I don't even know what, what I should say here because they get hammered so hard with just message after message and they just do not have the tolerance for it. You know, we have real work to do and shut up and tell me what is going to, why is this going to make a difference? Because I have 10 other calls just like yours. That's right. No, I, you know, you're spot on, right? I mean, you know, we, the conversations, in, and this is the, the proliferation of the, you know, you know, of the number of these conversations and the number of people who claim that I have a, you know, I have a tool that can solve, you know, every problem of yours. And then there's the first one and the second one and third one. By the time they're at the 40th, you come in and you're like, you're the 41st and they're like, okay, so I'm, you know, this is, you know, you, so you're, you're, you're right. I think the, the, um, that is the information piece of it, but there is also everything that has happened in these organizations over the many years that, you know, make them a little more immune to these conversations. But I'll tell you, um, David, see the, the way we find it an interesting approach, right, is that, uh, and, and this is a challenge, but also an opportunity is when we tell this story from the lens of the customers, right? 
And that's one of the biggest things that we are doing in our focus areas. Yes, we, you know, we're active on all the, you know, all the channels out there that you can imagine. You know, we have campaigns ongoing. You know, we've got our own brand messaging ongoing. We have, you know, social, which is active and live. And we're doing phenomenally well, you know, on all those channels, right? Massive growth just because of the interest in the areas, you know, sort of, you know, where we are and, and our message. But now you add on, you know, a customer telling that story, right? You know, you add a customer in there, you tell that story and, you know, let their peers hear that story from that vantage point of being that customer, right? And they've solved that same problem that you're trying to solve with some either legacy applications or tools or what have you. That conversation becomes much easier. Singlet, and, and this is where I think one of the things I have always been very forceful of from the get-go in my marketing career is like, for any messaging pillar that we create in, in inside of marketing, right, or otherwise, we need a proof point, right? Marketing without proof points for me is a, always a big problem, right? And I think this is where um, we run into a lot of these challenges. Yes, we can do this, but can you show them how we do this or give them an example or give them a story or give them a use case or give them something that can add, you know, this together makes our life much easier and makes their ability to consume that data in a, in a way that is relevant to them, right? And so that's where we, you know, we, we're spending a lot of our energy on. You're speaking my language. You know, the first thing we look for at the bottom of the funnel is like, we need sales enablement. You know, I don't care. Like, I'm glad you guys up at the top there brought in some interest. But I mean, these are these are people that want real stuff. And, um, you know, it's it's not flashy. And, and sometimes, you know, good sales enablement, in fact, is unpolished. You know, show me the inside view of a of a database that I can point at and go, look, there's the real thing happening. And, and we can use it to to show that we didn't fabricate this story. That in fact, this is a real problem solving initiative. And, uh, you know, so many marketers I find just in IT, particularly like just like this, this isn't going to resonate because it looks like you polished it. <laughs> No, you're, you're right. See, I think one, um, you know, and, and we, you know, uh, about six months ago or so, we, you know, we we, un we undertook the exercise of, you know, of creating just one of those, like you said, you know, what you call sales enablement or, you know, what have you. And I I personally not try to get into these these, these funnel conversations, you know, because they always get very interesting and intriguing because it almost feels like you're almost captive to, you know, using a particular asset or, you know, a particular piece of content on a blog. I'm, I'm like, this is, you know, what what is relevant at that point of time makes sense, right? And and, and you know, but, and we are all guilty of that. You know, we create our funnels and we have all the fun conversations we have with uh, you know our own you know demand gen teams and sales and all. But see, I'll tell you uh, where I was coming to with this was this whole um, you know about six months ago we started this exercising of of you know of working with uh, with uh, uh, on a study, right? You know, on, on you know, so we we uh, um, uh, we involve one of the um, you know um, analysts in this uh, research firms, uh, you know, uh, Forrester, and basically they basically helped us uh, create a study on uh, you know with, with you know taking the examples of five or six of these uh, of our customers and basically creating a composite sort of an, an example of an enterprise solving these similar problems, right? You know, around IT operations, the use of AI. And it's very, very interesting because, you know, what it does is it actually breaks this down into real numbers, right? You can go out there and you can see what, you know, what the benefits of some of these customers are. They break them into the different paradigms of what you and I have been talking about, right? Like, is IT a productivity game or is that business assurance? And you'll be surprised to see that, you know, 
a good chunk of that study focuses on the business uh, uh, business advantages that are out there for our customers and not just on pure productivity right and so you're now transitioning that whole conversation from a cost and productivity to you know business continuity and it provides a very interesting bridge right now if you have to have that conversation and say look i can take you from a to b a very strong uh, you know uh, you know a piece of content like this can be very relevant right so this is where i think we have been spending a lot of time to say yes you know, you know let's not stop in everything that we are doing out there but also let's try to make it very meaningful and consumable for our consumers right and i think that's where a lot of our energy has been focused on you know, in the last year or so oh, i think that's brilliant you know just stop making noise and start making like some kind of valuable content there and what you've also done you know for the benefit of your business once you do a thing like that is you're pushing that conversation up into a more compelling decision making layer you know out of out of operations and productivity to we're going to help you make more money and it turns out that everybody's really happy when they make more money <laughs> yeah, i think you brought up a very interesting point right see for us our challenge and the opportunity for us is that you know our platforms capabilities to some extent and this might sound a little markety but it is to some extent um, limitless right if you can apply it the right way you know there is no bounds to the kind of things that you know uh, you know businesses can do right and i think um, and that brings an interesting uh, uh, challenge and an opportunity for us in terms of the kind of personas we deal with and their challenge right so here's the thing now think about this for a second right the conversation that we are going to have with like a head of IT is going to be very different you know than the conversations we're going to have with the chief procurement officer who's probably thinking more about everything that's going on in the supply chain in the world today right look at the challenges we are facing today think about someone who is sitting out there saying you know if you know for me supply chain risk is the number one thing that probably proverbially creeps me up at night Yes, I'm worried about costs and all of that kind of stuff. It's important, but the conversation changes now, and that makes it very, very interesting because now you're starting to deal with a whole plethora of these, you know, personas that are showing up. And how do you make it interesting for each one of them, or at least the ones that are your primary consumers of this one, right? And when you have a you know platform like ours, which is you know which has the capability across multiple facets, right? That becomes even more interesting and challenging, right? So it's like okay. Is my message resonating? Yes, that's an important point. But the question is, is my message resonating to the right persona in a way that they can tell that this is meaningful, it's relevant, and it's differentiated? That's some second layer of challenge that we have as marketeers, right? And as a company, oh, as yeah. Well, right? Yeah, because you have, you know, sort of product matrix, solutions matrix, industries, and then six different roles in every industry. And I mean you quickly run into the thing of saying, how do I even keep this, like this knowledge base up to date and relevant? Oh, and also by the way that, you know, everything is moving at breakneck speed in the marketplace. So whatever I, by the time I finish this white paper, it'll be wrong. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's really, it's stunning level of, of complexity. I, I don't think that We've even scratched the surface of how do you best manage uh, the knowledge of, of solutions and promotion, you know, from a, a sales and marketing standpoint. So all of us in the commercial side of the business really need to start to think about these exact problems in the way that they impact our work. Right. No, you're, you're right. I think. Um, like I said, in, in the this, the pace is very interesting, and it's not just the pace of the changing industry and the changing landscape, but it's also the pace of how 
the internal organizations are revamping to change roles and responsibilities. Now think about that for a second, right? Now suddenly you, you know, in the last decade or so, you've seen this whole, you know, advent of, you know, digital transformation office. Now go figure out, like, you know, suddenly you're- What did that used to be? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So it's it's interesting how, by the changing dynamics of the environment and the, you know, the business cases, it's not just the organizations that are changing, it's the roles and responsibilities and keeping a pulse on, on, on these roles and responsibilities, uh, you know, keeping a pulse on them, not only at a, at a, you know, at a persona level, but also at an organization level and as a geographic level, these roles change across countries, right? So now you're talking about when I am going to talk, talk to, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, an individual X in an organization Y inside a business function, inside a you know industry. Now suddenly that role, you know, you take it across the pond and you go to Europe, and that's the whole thing's changed, right? You, you're now talking about a very different viewpoint. Their whole understanding of their you know uh, top challenges. So it, it's you know, like you said, it's a it's changing at a pace that um, you know we're all uh, you know playing catch up with, but on the same time, we're trying to get ahead of the curve, right? And that's the fun. That's the opportunity. That's the challenge. That is, that is the fun. If you have the disposition for it, for sure, you know, have you to sort of reorganize around, um, we don't get to hold any variables steady anymore. And, uh, you know, I think that, that does take you to the place of just going, we know we need to collect all the data, every dimension, thousands of dimensions, because we probably don't know when we're going to need that one, even if it's noise right now, it might not be noise later, and we're going to be pissed that we didn't collect it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's interesting. I love that. Um, great, great. Well, so in that in that context, I guess I, I always love to wrap up with you know, sort of put your futurist hat on and and kind of go, all right, business folks, B two B, all levels. You know what? What absolutely must be on their their thinking time agenda? You know, over the next few years that that maybe might not be right now. See, um, I think a lot of these things we spoke about, right? I think the, the you know keeping a pulse of the you know of the changing dynamics of everything that is going on, right? I think uh, um, it's extremely important to be um, you know. Uh, uh, flexible in their idea of, of what the next you know few years are going to bring for us, right? I think we are um, we are in some very very interesting times in terms of both evolution of the industry, the evolution of how people are starting to think about um, you know IT as a whole. We see we talked about uh, you know uh, you know when COVID happened and you know everyone was working from home, the dynamic shifted very quickly. Now, today's dynamics are different because everybody's coming back to work. Everybody wants to fly everywhere. Everyone wants to, you know, get to the other side of the world. And, you know, and the, and the, and the problems are starting to happen again at a grassroots level, right? This kind of shift was never, ever pertinent in our kind of industry, right? When you look at businesses and you look at IT's role in that business, it gets very, very interesting because it was mostly to some extent that, you know, we knew what the parameters were, right? Yeah, to, to some extent, right? Not all of it, but but today, the, the, the way the world is changing is extremely dynamic, right? And they're not changing purely from, um, hey, you know, there are some big macro level changes at the business level or some economic changes. It's changing at the consumer level. See, the customers are expecting a different level of 
flexibility, a different level of experience. And they're coming back to the enterprise and saying, you provide me this level of flexibility and, 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 and convenience. And therein you start to see a lot of these things break at the seams, right? You know, it's, it's always interesting, right? And I think um, what we are going to start seeing is that we have, we almost ridden a wave when it comes to, you know, you know, during this whole, you know, pandemic and, you know, learning how we sort of cope with it. But there is going to be more uh, sort of nuances of this, you know, of this changing wave that are going to happen as well, right? How do you prepare yourself for that, right? And, and it's, it's a very tough ask. And I think, I, I think as, as, you know, as leaders in our organization, there is no right or wrong answer, right? I think that self-reflection is extremely important to, to, to kind of, you know, get that your own perception of what we think are the, you know, next level of challenges and try to get ahead of it, right? What kind of business challenges are going to show up? And they are going to show up, right? You know, we're seeing it every day now, right? We see the news and we see, um, you know, everything, if you just try to encompass in the last, you know, three years that's happened, you can see so much change that if I were to tell you five years ago, this would be the dynamic changing nature of a business, you wouldn't believe me, right? And and uh, I wouldn't believe myself, right? But I think that's where our own education, you know, our own reflection of, you know, how we start, you know, preparing ourselves so that this, you know, whatever this next um, uh, transitory phase may, might be is extremely important, right? Then start to put yourself in the lens of your customers to say, how do we and what is our role and responsibilities in preparing them to make sure that their customers' experiences you know, are, you know, are, 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 are at the highest level, right? And that's the challenge that, you know, companies like ours have, right? It's not just about creating the products and solutions. Yes, we will do that. Augmenting it with the best AI and machine learning. Yes, we are going to do that. Creating, making sure that the, they're packaged as products and solutions. Yes, we're going to do that. But how do we get out there and say, look, this is our kind of our view of the world, right? And this view of the world is going to change at a very dynamic pace, right? We want to be your partners in ensuring that your customers have the best experience, right? And if you look at it from that vantage point, it's almost, you know, you know, it's, it gives you a very different view of the challenges and what we're building and how we're going to market and all of that kind of stuff, right? And it, it, it changes the paradigm of how you think. And that's where I think for us, when we are thinking about everything that we're doing, we're not thinking about the next 15 minutes. We're thinking about the next decade of evolution that, that we believe is going to happen. And, you know, our focus, you know, you know, changes very quickly in, in if, if you look at it from that perspective. Well, at least there's nothing to do. So Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has their homework now. So just go think and, and fix all the things all the time as fast as possible <laughs> something like that something like that and but more, but more importantly david you know you know is, is, you know we always get caught in 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 this in this complexity but it's important to you know when you look at the challenge and the opportunity think about you know it's important to have fun doing it too right i mean you have to you know you have to enjoy what you do um I think the output of that, you know, the collective output of that is just phenomenal, right? And I, I, I truly, I truly believe that. And you asked me about my own career transitions. I have never been at a time where I've not enjoyed what I've done, right? And that's a very fortunate thing to say, but I think it's extremely important, right? Is, is, is you know, that, you know, if, if, you know, whether you're somebody who's already in your career or you're somebody who's, you know, just getting up to that, you know, to that phase, it's, it's extremely important to, you know, to remember that this is, your contributions and you know what you're doing out there is extremely important to your organization and it'll be even more fun if you enjoy it enjoy doing it and i think that that shows both in terms of 
how you go out there and and everything that you know you do for your organizations and and for your customers. Well, that's a great point. Love that. Love that final insight. Well, well done. Well done. Uh, we'll we'll all come to the keynote whenever you're up on the stage. <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, Avi, yeah, thanks so much, man. Uh, great insights today, and great to have you out. If anybody in the audience is resonating, they they want to reach out. Uh, what's the best channel to do that? So. You know, the channels I'm um, on LinkedIn. Uh, everything that you need is probably the best way to get out there, and I'm. You know, and and uh, through your uh, you know podcast and network as well. Uh, but yeah, would love to, you know, and love to get connected. Always happy to have these conversations, and you know, uh, let's move forward. All right, thanks so much for coming out today. Really appreciate it. Likewise, uh, David. Thank you so much to you and and to the listeners as well. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leaders of B two B podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five star rating. And as always, you can see more information about this episode and all the resources mentioned at leadersofb2b.com.